Is she a misunderstood witch, an evil spree agent with a heart of gold, an adorable tiny necro with a dark heart? All this and more coming up on this character exploration episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast that celebrates strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is Milestone Episode 60. Cue the theme! Welcome back to the show. As always, I am your friendly neighborhood host, Lee. I never thought I'd find a character as wildly complex and gray and fascinating as Sarah Lance from the Arrowverse. But then, Motherland Fort Salem happened into my life and I found a character. Did I ever find a character? Before we dive in, though, here is some nerdy news and a word from friends of the podcast. News. Warriors. Demons. And nuns? (laughs) Yep, you actually heard that right. And if that sounds interesting, then we've got a podcast for you. I'm Kimberly Amato. I'm Sheila Amato. And I'm Kevin Batchelder. You might recognize our voices from some of our other podcasts, Forever Fangirls, Tales of the Black Badge, and Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV. We are teaming up to bring you a new podcast called Into the Halo, a Warrior Nun fan podcast. Please join us as we look back at season one of this Netflix original series by covering the episodes, themes, and general topics of the show in preparation for the upcoming season two. You can find us on any of the podcasting platforms or visit us online at warriornunpodcast.com. It was announced on Monday, August 23rd that Motherland Fort Salem would be renewed for a third season. And then the news outlets, as they like to do, dashed my hopes by reporting it would be the final season. If you, like me, need to see these incredibly talented humans on your TV screen for years to come, please take a moment to sign the petition. The more signatures, the better the chance it will be seen by decision makers at ABC and Freeform. You can find a link to it in the show notes. It's hard to be a nerper and a switch and see both of your beloved shows cut short. And I just heard that Dickinson is going to be ended after uh, episode or season three as well, which makes me so sad because there are so many wonderful television shows and they're just getting cut short. Oh, so frustrating. But if there's one thing we do know how to do, it's, it's fight a little. And I'm not sure Freeform has had such an avid audience before. I have a little bit of hope, but I also know that whatever happens, Elliot Lawrence will not let us down. It's incredibly powerful to have such a good showrunner in charge. Can you imagine if Elliot and Emily Andrus teamed up? I suspect the universe might implode, but in a good way. My mind would be blown. I think it would be an interesting uh, project if they happened to team up on something. Anyway, lastly, I am so excited to announce our Lasers and Lockets communicator. After each episode goes live, you'll have the opportunity to receive an epic email full of additional insights, videos, quotes, trivia, etc. And it should immerse you further into the world we just discussed in the episode. If you're interested in joining the Lasers and Lockets community, click the link in the show notes or pop over to lasersandlocketspod.com and click the Join Our Community button. It takes 30 seconds, and it'll ensure you get to see behind the scenes and the story behind the episode. 
All right, let's go ahead and dive into the show because we have a ton to discuss. Scylla Ramshorn, yep, that's the one we're going for tonight, is played by the incredibly talented, clever, intelligent, humble, kind, insert any other wonderful adjective you would like to here, and beautiful soul that is Amalia Holm. Amalia is a Swedish actress, um, and, and she might also be Norwegian, I'm not 100% sure. I thought in an interview she said that she uh, moved from Norway when she was young, but I, I'm not 100% sure on that. Anyway, uh, she has had a wide career in Scandinavia, but is fairly new to American and Canadian film. Now, much like Taylor Hickson, the first thing that I noticed about her was her otherworldly eyes. But the thing that absolutely drew me in was her, she has this calm, subtle, yet powerful presence on screen. As a bonus, as a fellow human of Scandinavian descent, I felt an immediate kinship to Amalia. Do you ever feel that way? I think it's pretty human to feel a connection to someone who comes from where your ancestors came from. I felt much closer to my Scandinavian heritage as of recently, and I am super grateful that I exist at the same time as Amalia Holm. You know, I had a blast watching, listening to, consuming interviews, radio shows, podcasts, so many things while I was preparing for this episode. While Motherland Fort Salem is new and was introduced somewhat into the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic, we have been blessed by so many virtual interviews. As a bit of a, a fun fact side note, I already happened to be learning Swedish on my own before I ever decided to do this episode or to really explore Amalia Holm and this character, Scylla Ramshorn. So it was actually super helpful to watch her interviews in Swedish too, because there is so much more ease, I noted, in watching and listening to her speaking her native language. You get a very different insight than you do in English interviews, and I noticed different behavioral things too, which was really cool. Now I'm going to geek out with you guys for just a minute, but I'm sure if you could have seen the pure joy I've experienced while researching for this episode in watching and listening to those Swedish interviews and Swedish TV shows and things. I love when I could recognize a phrase or a word that she said in Swedish. Just pure childish joy when I understood something. You probably would have laughed at me if you had been here watching it. But I love learning and learning Swedish has been such a great joy for me. Amalia speaks better English than I do sometimes, and that's remarkable, though I know she has mentioned in interviews that she attended an English high school or secondary school, but I took French through most of my junior high and high school and even part of my elementary, and I still cannot speak that language with any sort of fluency. <laughs> but I, I wonder, it's, it's interesting to me, if maybe Swedish has be, been so much of, a, of, a, of more of a joy to me and is easier for me to pick up because I have some sort of connection to it. I don't, I don't know. But I am still figuring out basic phrase structure and I feel like I would be super embarrassed if I tried to speak Swedish to somebody like Amalia Holm. But 
bless Duolingo and, and bless my ability to have this, this learning opportunity to learn this new language. So there's my side geek out here. So let's, let's carry on now. Now, I know I talk to you guys often about how you should not judge actors or anyone by what they post on social media. But there are some people who are remarkably good at being themselves no matter what they're doing. And I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like Amalia is one of those very authentic types of human beings, no matter what she's doing. And beyond that, a humble human who fights for what she believes to be right. There's a presence to her. Like I mentioned before, there's a calmness, a power, a force. I don't know what it is, but you cannot help but fall in love with Amalia Holm regardless of who you are. Okay, let's go ahead and dive into the character of Scylla Ramshorn because I think we can bring all of this gushing into the character too. Because while this character is incredibly written, the reason why she resonates with me so much is because of Amalia Holm. Someone else could play this character, but I don't think it would resonate in the same way with me if it wasn't Amalia Holm. So this is going to be a full exploration of season one and season two Scylla, but I don't feel like knowing Scylla will be much of a spoiler. I feel like it might just entice you into the switch fold if you haven't given the show a chance yet. Okay. So Scylla Ramshorn is introduced to us in season one, episode one, the pilot of Motherland, uh, when she, air quotes, happens upon rail collar cutting class and watching the weatherwork of more advanced witches. She flirts a little bit with Rael, and Rael, I think, sees her as someone who's kind of like herself, disillusioned with the army, an authority questioner, a little bit of a class clown, who knows. And while Rael sees someone like her, Scylla sees a way to convert her to the spree cause. Now, we know very early on that Scylla is not just in the army, she's also part of an alternate witch liberation slash terrorist organization known as the Spree. The first thing that I pinpointed with Scylla, though, is that she had an incredibly low regard for her own life. Now, I don't know, I don't believe that she had the same kamikaze outlook on her life as Rael at the beginning of the series. But Scylla had an incredibly tragic thing occur to her uh, as a teenager, and I believe she lost her will to live any sort of warm or meaningful kind of life. She joins the spree because they gave they give her a surrogate family and a way to get revenge for what happened. Scylla explains to Rael that she's a dodger, which means no attachments because things go away. We go away. And, you know, the first time I heard her say that, my heart immediately softened towards her as a character. I saw this meme about Scylla that said, good news, she loves you more than she loves her own life. Bad news, she loves you more than she loves her own life. And uh, I feel like that statement pretty much sums up season one of Scylla. There's this really incredible exchange in season two between a spree leader and Scylla Another spree agent had just berated Scylla for uh, um, being ineffective and weak. And after he left, you see this kind of like downtrodden look on Scylla's face. And the spree leader says, you are not weak. There are things worth dying for and there are things worth living for. You always have a choice. In season one, I think Scylla very much believed that the spree cause was worth dying for. And then she meets Rael, and Rael becomes the thing worth dying for. 
As her humanity returns, though, I think she gets a glimpse of what it is to be loved by another human, to want to do the right thing, and it kind of changes her whole, whole perspective on the situation. So basically, season one, Scylla, is all about being willing to die for a cause and for Rael. Season two for Scylla is largely about finding a way to live, not just for Rael, though, this time. I believe at least. There's a little bit more depth to that there. Maybe because of Rael, but there is a distinction there between living because of somebody or living for somebody. And I think the thing that Scylla learns to live for is for something beautiful and real, uh, to use her own words. And she makes this really incredible point in season two that I think is worth mentioning here. She talks about how hate will eat you whole, if you don't find something beautiful and real to live for. We've seen it happen throughout the world all through time. It seems incredibly prevalent right now in our world. And Scylla became a beacon of hope to me. And and that may seem odd, but Scylla was this creature who let hatred fester and infect her soul. And yet she found a different way out, a, a path to hopefully eventually redemption to possibly forgiveness and I think that's such a beautiful thing in this series. Now the complexity of Scylla as a character to me comes into play here with her morally gray existence and we've seen it in other shows before done really well. Um, I, I, When I was talking about this with a friend the uh, the two characters that came to mind for me were Damon in Vampire Diaries and Regina in Once Upon a Time. And, you know, in some ways, it's really easy to look at Scylla as the absolute worst of humanity. You know, in the early seasons with Damon in the Vampire Diaries, you really felt that way too. <laughs> it, it's easy to look at Scylla that way as, as well, as the absolute worst of humanity. She killed thousands of people, including children, without a second thought. I should say seemingly without a second thought, all for a cause that she believed to be right. On the other hand, it begs the question of whether someone is so damaged that they cannot be redeemed. For me, I believe firmly that almost everyone is redeemable, so it shaped my opinion of Scylla very early on. You see these glimpses, and and that's the beauty of this TV series. There's just the way that they, they handle this type of character it's it's messy. The Elliot has said in in several interviews that he didn't want the spree to be immediately evil. Like there is complexity to that because there is complexity in life. Nothing is black and white. And I fear, you know, for humanity right now because there's too much of thinking that this everything is black and white. There is this dichotomy constantly. And there is so much more grayness to the world than anybody wants to admit. And Scylla here, really, you get to see these glimpses of humanity in her, of letting her guard down, of letting Rael in, of questioning what she did, of feeling true remorse. And you see it in her eyes as she walks a memorial. You see it in her exchanges with Anacostia. Talk about an incredibly cool character, by the way. I am planning on doing like a full motherland uh second episode 
probably closer to season three, but Anacostia rapidly became one of my favorite characters in season two. So uh, anyway, with, with Scylla though, you see these incredible growth steps with her. And, and one thing that I loved though about season two is that they didn't immediately redeem Scylla. They didn't immediately put her on a redemption path. It took time. And it was so beautifully orchestrated by Elliot and the directors throughout the season. And it was so beautifully played out by Amalia. It was a slow burn. And that's the kind of thing I just love in a series like this. Now, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. (laughs) Season one's relationship between Rael and Scylla. I wholeheartedly agree with the critics of the relationship in season one that it was particularly toxic. (laughs) Scylla was lying and deceiving and manipulating Rael to accomplish her mission at first. Rael was not a better person for it, and we, we saw her basically fall apart. She was sucked into the drama of everything, and it was not good for her. But interestingly, I I would like to argue that Scylla was a better person for meeting Rael. Or maybe there was always good in Scylla, which is also likely, because her desire to protect Rael was selfless. And I really loved that we got to see this relationship in all of its messy, complicated, beautiful glory because it was treated like every other relationship on the the TV series, which I loved. And I had hope for it because you, you see the moment when Scylla allowed herself to feel things again. And I love how beautifully this series does things like that. The, the subtle facial expressions, the incredible presence of the the actors on the screen. Just so well done. And once Scylla realized that she cared deeply for, even loved Rael, the dynamic began to shift for me with with the relationship. I like to believe that it was the real Scylla that Rael fell in love with. Underneath the deceptive facade, underneath the pain and the hatred and the anger, Scylla had a beautiful heart. Although incredibly damaged and guarded, she still had a beautiful heart. And one thing I'd like to point to as evidence that she had a good heart, a beautiful heart, is because Porter still had feelings for her. You know, I would love to see more of an exploration of Scylla's past in season three if if it was possible. I don't know if it will be possible because they're going to have to rush quite a bit. But but I, I would love to have seen what her delusion was in season two. Don't you guys want to see what that was? I'm so curious what it was. I wonder if they told her what it was. I don't, I don't know. Um, And by told her, I mean, told Amalia what it was. I would love to know that. But I would also love to see other people who knew her back before, uh, who loved her and cared for her and protected her. Were there other people like Porter Was there anyone who loved her beyond Porter and her parents? I'm just, I'm so fascinated by the character of Scylla that I want to know these things. I want to know backstory. I want to know everything about her. And uh, yeah, I just, I think that that would be incredible if we could see more of who Scylla was and who she is now. 
season two saw a much more mature approach to the relationship between Raelle and Scylla. A much healthier approach, I, I feel. The scene that has been gift the hell out of is Scylla saying, quote, I don't expect her to forgive me. I just want her to be safe, close quote. That, that is an incredibly mature, healthy kind of love that you very rarely see on TV and very rarely between two women, which is fascinating. She didn't expect anything in return, and she was patient and understanding, and she knew that Raelle may never forgive her, and she was okay with that as long as Raelle was safe. And I love that so much, and I love that it was Scylla that got to that point. She served Raelle and those around her without expectation of a return on investment. And that's what real healthy love is to me. Not obsessive, destructive love, but it's what real healthy love does for somebody. It, it turns them into a better human than they could ever thought that, that, than they could ever believe that they could be. And I, I said this before, but I never thought I'd find a character I'd want to dedicate a whole episode to again. But here we are with Scylla Ramshorn. This character captured my heart, and I can unequivocally say it is one of the finest written and acted characters I have ever seen on television. Please don't misunderstand me about the other characters, though. Rael, Anacostia, Tally, Abigail, M, Alder, um, General Bellwether, so many other characters. They are remarkably written and acted characters, and I do not want to diminish the value of them at all. I could have a whole episode for each of them, but for me, Scylla Ramshorn shines just a little brighter than all the others at this time. At the end of the day, though, Motherland Fort Salem is a special show, and I don't say that lightly. You know how many shows I watch. <laughs> Amalia Holm, Taylor Hickson, Ashley Nicole Williams, Jessica Sutton, Dimitri McKinney, Lynn Renee, and the other incredible actors in this show are special. Elliot Lawrence is special and has created this incredibly immersive world, and I highly recommend you give it a try if you haven't yet. You are going to fall in love with the characters, too. You know, I convinced one of my good friends to watch the series, and I love it right now because she texts me while she's watching the episodes, and I love reliving it through someone else. Just the the pure shock and joy and the humor that you get to relive with it, it's just a wonderful thing, and I feel like you probably will have the same experience if you do watch this. You may fall in love with Rael more than Scylla. You may love Abigail or Tally. I mean, who doesn't love Tally? She is like the one you must protect at all costs. But uh, you might love Anacostia more. Anacostia became one of my favorite characters in season two. But that's a beauty. That's the beauty of a show like this. The complexity of the characters and the world they live in is unparalleled. And I cannot wait to see what happens in season three. All right, this brings us to the question of the episode, gentle listeners, and the question is twofold tonight. First, what kind of witch would you want to be if you lived in the world of Motherland? A fixer like Rael, a weather worker like Abigail, a witch with sonic sight like Tally, or a necro like Scylla? I think I'd be kind of on the fence between sonic sight like Tally or a necro like Scylla. I think they're both super fascinating, but a fixer could be pretty brilliant too. 
As for the second question, it's a super deep one, so buckle in. Okay, here it is. Could you forgive someone like Scylla? Ooh, deep question. I cannot wait to hear your answers. Please share them with me on our Twitter. Use the hashtag LasersLockets. Or join the conversation over on our Discord. The link is in the show notes. Or you can send them on our website, lasersandlocketspod.com. Until next time, you should make friends with a colored crow, watch out for the Camarilla, and always keep your lighter handy. You never know who you'll need to become next. Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right. All right.